When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Bart and Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. All right, rolling along on this Tuesday afternoon. Bart and Han on 98.7 ESPN New York. Pat O'Keefe in for Allen this week alongside Bart. So the uh, stretch run of the NBA season set to resume on Thursday. The Nets, since we were last together yesterday, Bart announced that Kevin Ollie will be the interim head coach, replacing the fired Jock Vaughn. Um, Ali, of course, won the national championship with the University of Connecticut in 2014. Longtime NBA veteran. But you raised an interesting point before the break. Um, who of those three stars? And the caller, you know, his beef was that Damian Lillard and James Harden and Russell Westbrook, he said, have already been recognized as top 75 all-time players. Look, it That's is what it is. It's going to be another it's gonna be another. There list will be that in, probably in has 23 years. Of, yeah. It's a moment in time because you know who's not on that list because of when it came out two years ago? Clay. Uh, well, he got, yeah, he could have been on the list and he could have gotten the Dame spot and I probably would have given it to yeah. him. But Jokic isn't on that list because at that point, Jokic had only four years in the league. Fast forward till now, he's won two MVPs and he's won the NBA Finals yeah. MVPs. If they made that list today, Nikola Jokic is on that list. So it's a moment in time. I don't begrudge and I wouldn't penalize um, those guys. Lillard, first of all, Lillard hasn't team jumped his entire career. This is his second team. Harden has. Russell Westbrook has. But like I said, Westbrook wasn't of his own volition. He just yeah. kept getting traded. Yeah, this is late in his career. He's a guy that's, you know, coming off the bench. Like, same way Melo, you don't. You don't right. fought Melo for what happened the yeah, last you look, five years. You think of Melo's career. career, you think of two teams. You know, you don't think of Portland. You don't right. think of the Lakers. You don't think of Oklahoma OKC, City. Yeah. Right. Um, but with with um, James Harden, it, it, it obviously we know the story. And that's a big part of his story. But these guys are also playing in an era where they're not the only ones that are doing that. That's just how the business of basketball is done. So you can't penalize those guys for playing within the rules at the time that they're active NBA players. Um, but your question of those three superstars, Durant, Harden, and Damian Lillard, uh, who's under the most pressure? I think it's Kevin Durant just because his place historically in the NBA is on a higher plane than the other two. Uh, let's uh, hear from you, 1-800-919-3776. Go to Fred in Jersey City. Fred, what's happening? Fred, are you there? Hi. Hey, 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 Bar, huh? you got there? Yep. We got you, Fred. Hey, uh, so I was just, you know, listening to you guys, and Kevin Durant, you know, he was a lot of, under a lot of scrutiny and, you know, a lot of backlash when he went to, uh, to Golden City, and to, uh, yeah, to Golden State. And obviously the pressure is on him because if we think about it, if he, ne- if he goes his whole career and not wins another championship anywhere else, everything everyone said about him would be right. He needed to team up and he needed to be a number two to Steph to win. So I think, oh, but, but Fred, pressure. Fred, how was he number two when he was the best player on the team? He but, also won the MVP. Like, like he was the best player on that team. He's what made them special. Yes, they won championship without him before he got there, but he was the best player there. So I, I don't understand the narrative with that. I, I mean, LeBron. I disagree. Okay, he they wasn't. Won, the be, he wasn't the best player. Him and they went after him. 
I understand that, but he wasn't when he was there. The two championships that they won, it's his ability to do what he did. He was the best player on the court, better than LeBron, better than Steph. He was the best player on the court, and he showed. He was the best player on the court in both of those NBA Finals. He won the NBA Finals MVP. And he's the MVP by himself. Well, not on that team. No, I'm saying he's won an MVP. Yes. Well, I'm saying it's his resume. The other two has never won a championship. Right. But the other – so you, so who do you think is under the most pressure? I think it's Dane because we, we found every excuse and the reason. He goes to a team that won a championship. He's on a team with a top five player. I think it's Dane because we've made the excuses for him. The same way we made – I made excuses for Matthew Stafford about I thought he was elite. He left Detroit, went to, to, to the Rams, won a championship. Case closed. Hmm. Dame has no excuses now. and But he also asked for... And he's in a weaker conference. Yeah, he also asked for him the most ideal situation you could find. I mean, he wanted to go to Miami because that was the most ideal situation. that would take the, him in a championship. Yeah, that would take the most amount of pressure off of him. This is probably, in terms of pressure on him, in, in terms of who his teammates are, this is a nice second option, having one of the top five players in the NBA to play alongside. I think there's a lot of pressure, but I also think that you said you think Durant's the furthest away from winning a title. I think Dame's the furthest away. I think the Bucks have some serious... I, I think the, the Suns last year in that second round series, and this is before they got Bradley Beal, in that second round series against Denver when they were tied two games apiece, you saw some signs from Booker and Durant together that if they were given a little bit of help and depth... They got no depth and they can't play defense. They have a third They have a third guy now, and they've played very well. Of course, Beal's in and out of the lineup again. They've Bill played very well since he came. <laughs> Bill back always... I know. Like, they, listen, they, listen they, they, they playing my boy Bobo. Like, come on, man. Bobo's playing real minutes. Like, <laughs> like I, think, I think when you look at a team... That, that that got disappointed last year with Giannis, but that's a deep team. Which Middleton, team? Middleton, the Bucks. Is, Middleton, when healthy, is still a star. When healthy. Uh, Brooke Lopez gives you size. Yes. Porter gives you size and shooting. Porter's yeah. You know, they, they, that's one of the best rosters. Tell me, like, if we would consider them the second best team in the Western Conference. Milwaukee? Yeah. You think so? I think so. I don't think so. I know they're not winning right now, but they, you would think they were just second best, especially with um, Embiid being injured. You in, would, you, oh, in the Eastern Conference? Yes, in I'm the sorry, Eastern I Conference. I'm sorry, I thought you said the Western yeah, Conference. No, no, in the Eastern Conference. Okay. Uh, where, where would you place Phoenix in the Western Conference? Fifth. So, so how do they have the best chance? Because you still got to win the championship <laughs> but, when you get to the but finals. You know, but you got to get there. You got to get there, yeah. And like you, they they, they got to get through. You know, but okay. is Milwaukee definitely number two? I mean, can you place? You, you can make a strong argument that the Knicks went healthy are better than them. There's something missing with this Bucks team this year, and Dame's a big part of the reason why. It's his defensive deficiencies, and it's kind of changed the whole structure of what they do. They were a defensively their their identity was defense. They were one of the top defensive teams in the NBA, and now all of a sudden you you, you get rid of Drew and you bring in Dame, and you're one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. I think also too, uh, Brooke Lopez had a full year the year prior, coming off an injury, so he was well rested. So defensively. The guys are older. You got an older team. They really can't compete with a lot of young guys who are up and down the floor running. 
Yeah. And that's what most of these teams, teams are, are doing. Yeah. They're, they're just running. But, well, it really is, really is Indiana, right, that is, gave the blueprint to how it beat they the They did. Bucks. They beat them four times well, this year. Well, they just they just isolate you know, uh, Brooke Lopez and, make some, and put them in a pick and roll. But still, you have to say that they're the number two team in the Eastern Conference right now. I funny, I get locked in on talking to you, and I like when Jacob kind of jumps in off the top rope into the fray and makes his yeah. point. I like that. It's, like, it's like Mustafa talking. It's, like, it's like Mustafa talking, coming from the heavens. <laughs> Let's go to uh, LJ in the car. What's up, LJ? Yes, hello. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, one quick note. I met Jordan while he was in the middle of his heyday. I shook his hand and got his autograph. But one of the other reasons I think Jordan is much better than LeBron is because he would not have put up he shook your with hand. what happened. I shook his hand and I met him, so not just seeing him. But uh, I'm just saying, Jordan would not have put up with what happened in the NBA All-Star game this year or the year before. But so that's another reason why there's no comparison between him and LeBron. Well, no, 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 no. But you can't, we can't just let you live with that. Society's different, right? The world's different, right? So, like, it's hard. Listen, I understand it's hard for us to understand how these new kids think because we aren't them. They grow up differently. They grow up in AAU. LeBron it kind of came up totally different. So it's hard to say what you wouldn't do or couldn't do if if Jordan was there because it's – you know, I'm sure Bill Russell was like, hey, man, I would never allow this. Like, you know, free agency, you sign a contract, you stay here. There's no such thing as hold out. Like, Bill Russell has have some different things to say, but that was a different time in the world. He played in the 60s and 70s. That's a different world, man. I wonder if he – I was going to ask him, did he wash his that hand? Uh, <laughs> doesn't sound like he did. <laughs> like, no. Listen, I – wear a glove. I've never shook Jordan's hand or met Michael Jordan. Did you ever touch the back of LeBron James' ball spot? I did not. Okay. okay. I'm just asking. You so know. I can't I can't give an honest opinion on either of this right now. Who would be better in the I All-Star game? I shook Jordan's hand. Therefore. I felt the greatness go through my body. When I went home, I made love to my woman better. I cooked better. I dressed better. The swag has never wore off. You good? Uh, yeah, this portion of the show is brought to you by Tullamore Dew. I touched Dew. the hem of his Gartman. I'm okay. Because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cask matured Irish whiskey. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew or try the brand new Tullamore Dew honey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. Let's go to Dave in the car. What's up, Dave? Hey, what's up, guys? I'm just going to bounce this off of you. and I'm, But let me give you, let me just say something before I throw my question out there. Bart, I remember watching a football game. I didn't know a lot about you. I knew of you. I knew you were a great player. You intercepted the ball. Your helmet flew off. You still ducked your head to crack into the guy without your helmet on. You remember that play? And that's how I rolled, baby. I only had like one interception in my life. I'm just playing. Yeah, no, I remember, bro. It was, it was, so, I think it was. I'm tell- oh, go ahead. I'm, so here's, here's why I'm giving the context. Here's how I want to put it into the proper context. I think that. There's an element of softness that's hitting sports right now across the board, especially in the NBA, at a very critical time. What makes the time critical is a couple of things. A a lot of people are watching, particularly the youth. I was born and raised in New York. I've been in the record tournament plenty of times. Trust me, there are a lot of young guys looking at the NBA right now. They're seeing a lot of softness. That's number one. Number two, so we have to look at the aspect of how it's being seen by other generations coming coming up. The second thing is now that you have full on gambling in sports, 
there's something to be said for a player going out there and having a poker face. And you would know, Bart, there's a lot of football players who are going out there who are, are in a lot of pain uh, day in and day out, and they suck it up and they play and they raise their level of play. Now, I'm not worshiping that 100%, but what I'm saying is you're going to start losing confidence of fans wanting to partake and have real interest in the sport, especially fans who are actually putting a lot of money in it. What are your thoughts about what I just said? Thanks. Okay, so Dave, don't go anywhere, right? So you have, you have you have any kids? Yeah, I have two kids. Two kids. You have two kids. So you, you know exactly how soft these kids are, man. Like I do. Society is soft. It's not just the athletes. The society they, is soft. Yes. Like you yell at your kids, yes. they're ready to call CP like child protective services, talking about they want to be removed from the home. Like you coach it's a, a kid, time. You, yeah, I you, understand. You, you coach a kid hard, tell him to get a lap because he keep messing up. He wants to quit. He start crying. You got to have a conference with his parents. Like you don't play a exactly. kid. Listen, I was a I was a coach of a little league team, right? And at certain times, I was like everybody's supposed to play, and I wouldn't play certain kids when we were playing certain teams. And parents would get mad, and I put little Jimmy out there. Let Jimmy get his ass knocked out, and get a concussion, and now they want to look at me. Like I didn't put your kid out there because I knew what was gonna happen. But you want your kid to go right. out there and play. But we're, we're at the point now where everybody gets a participation trophy. We're at the point now exactly. where you don't have to earn. You don't have to earn. You don't have to earn anything, right? You don't have to earn anything, right? It used to be that when you get cut from a team, a la Michael Jordan, you go off and work your ass off in the darkness and come back and shine and in the light back. and show them what time it is. There you go. Now you have to put kids out there. So – it's not the kids that are soft. It's the parents that's soft. Because we have allowed it to happen because we we didn't want what our parents put us through, whooping our ass, putting us on punishment, holding us accountable for our actions, making us have respect for our elders and make sure that you address adults the right way. You don't get in adults' business. We didn't want to treat our kids the way our parents treated us but now we're starting to see what the value was in that because if our parents didn't treat us like that, then we wouldn't be the people that we were. But then we don't treat our kids like that, so then they don't respond that way. So when they want to have load management days, it's our fault. Because Vince Lombardi once said, the reason why football is the, most, is the best subject being taught in sports, in school, is because it's the only thing that we, that we don't try to make easy. And now we've tried to make football easy because now we tackle donuts instead of people. We we don't go uh, padded practices, two practices in a row. And now the fact that these guys can't, they, they can't survive a whole season or they get tired, so says Michael Parsons, is because we don't make practice hard so the game is tough. So it's our fault that we got these soft-ass kids and these soft-ass athletes because we've made life and practice easy for them instead of telling them, hey, man, football is hard. That's why you get paid all the money. So either deal with the toughness of it and quit complaining to your unions about tackling donuts and coaches practicing me too hard. And then when you get back in the game and you got to talk to a real person and not a rolling donut or a rolling uh, robot, you realize that boards hit back. So it's your fault. It's our fault. Yeah. We're all parents. I'm saying y'all. Because my kids, I just say, hey, 
You you can't come with that weak soft stuff to me. <laughs> so if your son's in the NBA All Star game, say in ten years, he's not coming into his first or second experience in the All Star game like an Anthony Edwards saying, "Yeah, this is just an exhibition. I don't want to play hard anyway." Yeah, what is this, Rocky Four? That's what we've got now. No, my kid is. This Dra- is supposed no, to no, be no, an no, exhibition. No. Yeah, and my kid is Drago. S- spit flying. Yeah, and my kid is Drago. Yeah. See, I beat a real champion. <laughs> I must break you. That's my kid. Sweep the leg. It's the trickle down. It's funny because we, we've been talking about this All Star game for two days now. Yeah, it's our fault, man. We've allowed it. It didn't happen overnight. It happened over a five yeah. year period. And they still they, they they gave, and I don't think that this was a bad thing that they do, but they gave LeBron, who kind of led the charge on this, the extra break during the All Star festivities. Oh. You know, they used to be back playing tonight, right? Mm-hmm. Now they're not back till playing on Thursday, but. You know, you give and you give and you give. It just doesn't seem like what the league Bro. needs or what the league wants is getting returned to them. And, what, and all they want is just a a modicum of effort. Keep the. Yeah. I mean, these guys are these guys are smart. These guys are businessmen. The, these guys are smart. Keep the game close enough. Give us eight minutes in the fourth quarter. Your best five against your best five. That's listen, literally all listen, people want. Listen, when I was playing, and it was all star games. You know what made the difference and who played hard and who didn't. The winning team got one thing, mm-hmm. and the losing team got another. So rather, you, you have to cater to these athletes' competitive nature. And it's not the difference that, okay, we can't pay for it. Just the fact that the winner gets more money than the loser is enough. It's enough incentive. It's when, it's when like, you know, you make it so, so crazy. Like, the winner, let's just say, I don't know what they get paid. The winner gets, everybody get 500000 Okay, let's say that. The loser get a hundred. Watch them play different. Yeah, but when you're playing in the NFL Pro Bowl, I'm, I'm just saying, and this is this is me not having made that kind of money ever, but when you're in the NFL Pro Bowl, you've got guys out there who some of them, their careers probably last four or five seasons. You got, what, 100 guys in the Pro Bowl that year? Not everybody is making $20 million. In yeah. the, in the, the, the lowest paid guy in that All-Star game this weekend is guaranteed to make everyone in that game is guaranteed to make a hundred million dollars. So tell me this: Why the hell they play so damn hard for the playing tournament? Well, it's partially included in the regular season, but it's because money was involved. Like, it, it, listen, it's not just l- the l- money. Listen, though. listen, listen. I've seen they, they played. I, I've seen. I don't guys, think guys played harder in the playing tournament than they did in other regular season games. Yeah, they did. LeBron was actively trying to hang a banner, <laughs> like stop it. Like they were playing, they were going hard. Because that's the competitive nature. I, I was in the because, building for that banner raising that see, night. In fact, see, it was very emotional. That's what I'm saying. These people, these players are extremely competitive. You want to see some funny stuff? Like go to a bowling alley with a bunch of athletes or watch the games that we play in the locker room. Like we used to stack up. See that garbage can over there? Yeah. We would take three of those, stack it up, and put that garbage can there. Yeah. We would take a, a thing of pre, like pre-wrap, roll it up into a ball. Okay. Put it against the wall. You would have 20 people over there, $100 a shot. Now, all it is, remember, it's 20 people. It's $2,000 a shot. Every time you hit one, that's 100 And then the other person goes. But then what happens is you get people start missing. You think they quit? No. They go get more cash. But that's a trophy. The cash is a trophy. The fact, Right. And if you put money in the disparity of the winning team and the losing team, 
just the fact that I got that I'm gonna get more cash than you. It ain't it ain't about the amount. It's the fact that I get more than you. And that's when the competitive nature turns on. We also used to go to the bowling alley. And athletes think they can do everything good, no matter what. Yes. And they can't. And we would go a hundred dollars a ball. You had to strike or spare. A hundred dollars a ball. And you betting everybody in there. I've seen guys buy I've seen guys buy cars. You you have to lean to their competitive nature, and it only means something to them if money's on the line, or something that they value like a trophy's on the line. Like like when when it was the the, the Pro Bowls, people wanted to. They didn't care about the money. They just knew that if they won, then they'll be able to pay all their expenses for like all the people and family members that right. they flew out and all the money that they blew during the weekend. Yeah, but I think you would agree that the people who are in the Pro Bowls, except for the highest, highest paid players, even now, are not guaranteed the the guys that are in the NBA All-Star game right now, they never okay. have to worry about money again. The guy, okay. th- There's guys in the Pro Bowl that okay. are going to have to worry about it. Okay, let, let, let's pull up who went to the Pro Bowl this year. There's 100 guys. There's got to be some of them that are not going to retire with $100 million in the bank. It, I, it's that, a different l- sport. L- listen, listen, that statement used to be true. Not anymore. All right. Because but I'm talking Pat, about Pat, when you Pat, were playing. Patrick Mahomes makes a a, a a billion dollars, right? Right. That's one guy. That's the top guy. You want to go through the Pro Bowl roster and see what those guys are making? Uh, but I'm talking about when you were playing, Bart. You're, you're using the example when you were playing 15 years ago. Yeah. Not, not all those guys in your Pro Bowl when you were playing are as comfortable in retirement as you are. I guarantee it. Yeah, they were. Not every one of them out of a hundred. If I if I if I pull them up, Chris McAllister made seventy million dollars in one contract, right? And then he had three contracts. So he everybody there made close to a hundred million dollars. Every one out of a hundred guys. If I pull that roster up, let's pull let's pull the two thousand. Right. That's what we're gonna do during the break. That's what we're gonna <laughs> yeah, do during the break. We're gonna pull up. We're gonna pull up well, the two thousand. Well, first we're gonna stack the garbage cans. I'm going hundred dollars shot for shot from you. Then we're gonna pull up the roster. That's the thing. Once you start, you can't leave. <laughs> That's a, that's the whole thing. Ain't, ain't no like, oh, okay, I, I'm up, I'm running right. I'm no. swimming in the deep waters now, guys. I don't know if I want to go through with this. Uh, we'll break. We'll take a look at that because I'm curious to see. Um, audio files is coming up. Your calls one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Barton Hahn on ninety eight seven ESPN New York. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight 
S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. My argument, my theory did not hold up during the break. We went through the entire roster of the 2006 Pro Bowl for both teams, and I don't think I could find a single one that's uh, struggling right now, or at least should be struggling. Maybe they are, but if if they are, it's their own fault, not the contracts that they signed during their career. All right, so I stand corrected. I would have thought it would have been a little different in a sport like football. You know, you catch a guy on the right season who, uh, you know, happened to have the season of his yeah. career and flamed out two years later. Yeah, Troy, Troy Palomalo is definitely still spending head and shoulders money. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, because a lot of the guys, how about Jeremy Shockey? Is he, he, he Jeremy Shockey made cheese? He's still making money off his Super Bowl. You got, you how's got, he making money off his Super Bowl? You don't think he's he's signing stuff? Which Super Bowl? He's got two Super Bowl rings. Remember, there was the that's, one that he was drinking up in the booth. That's what I'm saying. And then yeah. the one he actually played. I mean, in. Dwight Freeney ain't the Dwight Freeney, Jason Teller. Yeah. Yo, Champ Belly. I'm taking the L on this one. <laughs> it's Derek. Joey Porter made a billion dollars. Yeah. How's uh how Drew Brees do? Zach Thomas, Antonio Brian, Gates. Brian Urlacher, even the but, kickers. Rob, even Robbie Gould is still getting paid. Yeah, Mar- Marvin Harris is probably probably his his son is um agent. He about to get another <laughs> billion dollars. <laughs> 10% is 10%. Uh this portion of the show is brought to you by Tullamore Dew because when it's game time it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original triple distilled, triple blended and triple cask matured Irish whiskey. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew or try the brand new Tullamore Dew honey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. You got audio files coming up. Let's get a quick call in here. D in Queens. Hey D. Um listen. You keep blaming the people talking about they soft, but if I'm a player, I do the same thing. You guys diminish players. They're Knicks fans who don't even care about the regular season because it's like, we're not going to win the championship, so it don't matter. You guys have diminished great <sighs> players because they don't have championships. So if I'm a player, why am I going hard for anything in the regular season? I'm away for the playoffs. Because you guys you, straight up say that out your mouth. Because, it doesn't matter. Because you you guys have, say that out your mouth. Aren't you trying to uh, get proper seating so you don't get your ass exited in the first round? That's what we just talked about, right? You want to be the four. You don't want to be the fourth yeah, okay. seed to go with Boston. So the regular season does matter when you talk about seating because you want to make sure that you can avoid certain matchups early on. So we we haven't diminished it that much. Yeah, but, yeah, I got, but I'm talking about guys don't want to be in play anything in. extra. I do nothing extra. What's extra? I don't do what's, anything extra. I would extra? do nothing for the play, for the for the All Star game. What's for the All Star game? I wouldn't go hard. They don't go. I want to go on oh, oh, Embiid. You guys bullied. You wait, guys wait, bullied wait, Embiid, wait. and his season might be over. We didn't say who anything. bullied Embiid. We, we didn't say anything about well, going hard. We said going hard as hard as you go when you play pickup games in the off season. We didn't say go hard. That was not going at all. Yeah, there's a fine line, D, between what we saw and, and actually putting up a modicum of effort. I didn't say challenge people at the at the rim. And, and, and I love the new narrative. We bullied Embiid we, we into bu- playing. Yeah, we bullied well, Embiid. So, all right, so this we'll take this one. But what about 2023, 2022, 2021, 2020, 2019? What about his six previous flameouts in the playoffs? Were those our fault, too? Or just this one? Yeah, it's not only that. It's The NBA constituted the rule because guys were taking games off for load management. But, yeah, it's, it's the media's fault. It's the media's fault. It's the government. All right. Uh, 1.30, you know what that means. It's time for us to step aside momentarily 
and hear from some of the newsmakers throughout the world of sports. It is time for Audio Files. The Audio Files. All right, so we uh, we heard from Micah Parsons during the show yesterday, Bart, and uh, that led to a conversation about his leadership, or lack thereof, as one of the best players in the NFL. Uh, another clip of Micah Parsons on the Stephen A. Smith show. You know, a big part of the offseason for the Dallas Cowboys has been the, well, I'll say it, disrespect that their Pro Bowl quarterback has received uh, slings and arrows towards Dak Prescott from family members of certain Members of the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Here's Parsons. Say it, Michael Parsons. Here's t- <laughs> here's here's Parsons talking about all of Dak Prescott's myriad accomplishments. Besides Patrick Mahomes, Bye. what other quarterback in the AFC has accomplished anything to get more credit than Dak? Joe Flurrow, Josh Allen. They finish? No, but they got it further. Dak it, doesn't, it doesn't matter how far you get. If you're going home and you're not in tearing the ring, it doesn't matter. So you go to the NFC Championship. It doesn't matter. If we get sent home, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's no different it doesn't matter. than getting bounced in a wild card game. It's no different. Oh, come on, man. That's ridiculous. All you doing is get, you just get more hope. More hope. But if you are not the Super Bowl champion, it does not matter what you've accomplished. It doesn't matter if you're MVP, defense player of the year. It doesn't matter. If you're not the Super Bowl champion, it doesn't matter. You haven't accomplished anything. Yeah, he going to get somebody fired. Losing a wild card next year if you're Dallas, everybody gets fired. Go to the NFC Championship, everybody keeps their job. So it means it's a difference. It's called progress. You guys have been a flat line. Since the 90s. Once again, at 24, he believes that he's seen it all and done it all. When Michael Parsons is on his way out this league, he's going to be squeamish when he looks at some of the comments that the 24-year-old said. It's like when you go talk to your nieces and nephews, and they say, I love her. I'm going to be with her. Okay. And you're saying, bro, you guys are going to the prom. You know how many <laughs> other girlfriends you're going to have? But I love her. Bro, stop. Soulmates. <laughs> you can find true love at, like, kid. Like, stop it. Stop it. He don't know that he don't know. And it's annoying. Because he won't listen. To and I tell my nephews and my kids all the time. To you, it's a new movie. To me, it's just a rerun. Mm-hmm. Experience. I've seen this a million times, kid. That girl go have you crying. If I could just bring what we heard from Micah Parsons back to our previous caller, who blamed the media, specifically you and me, Bart, for making the regular seasons in sports irrelevant. If I'm not mistaken, what I just heard Micah Parsons do was make the entire postseason irrelevant, too. If you don't win the Super Bowl, nothing else matters. So how is it the media's fault that the regular season's irrelevant, but Micah Parsons just made not only the regular season, but also the postseason irrelevant? And Dak has accomplished with all those guys have done. He's been in the league eight years. Uh, Joe Burrow took the Bengals to the Super Bowl, I believe, what, his second or third year? Second year and almost his third year. In his second year. And it's it's no difference between what Joe Burrow has accomplished and what Patrick Mahomes has accomplished or 
uh, Josh Allen. How about Lamar Jackson? Or, or Lamar Jackson, two-time MVP of the league. Uh, yeah, him and him and Dak Prescott has the same uh, amount of accomplishments. Come Sound, on, man. Sounds like the uh, the Dak Prescott makeup tour is uh, with, underway with leadership like that. Why why did Michael Parsons tell his brother that? Yeah, because clearly his brother don't know that either. That you know, Dak has accomplished what everybody has accomplished outside of Patrick Mahomes. Why doesn't he just say I that? I learned something new, too, which I often do in audio files. Um, here's a guy we've spoken about quite a bit today, Damian Lillard. Uh, this is this was on TikTok. I'll be interested to hear this. Damian Lillard's ideal current starting five. If you could create your own starting five, what's your team? It would be me, LeBron, Steph, Kevin Durant, and I'm going to go with Bam out of bio. Bam out of bio. Bam out of bio, huh? Who's your big? I, I okay. I'll take that. Give. I'll. I'll beat that team with Kawhi, Giannis, Jokic. I'm sorry. Hold on. You said Giannis, right? Yeah. What team does he play for? Yeah, Milwaukee. And what team does Dame play for? Milwaukee. That's interesting. Damn. Yeah. Giannis couldn't get the start before Bam out of the bio. <laughs> Damn, son. So who was it? it? Was Steph, KD, Bam, Dame, and LeBron? Oh, LeBron, of course. Yeah. All right. Bro, we'll, I'm, we'll, I'm, we'll put LeBron on. I'm I'm gonna beat that team with uh Yeah. I'm gonna beat that team with Kawhi, Tatum. I'm gonna go Kawhi, Tatum, Giannis, Giannis. How about Jokic? Jokic. Yeah. And Jalen Brunson. And I don't, yeah, I don't even want to put I don't even want no, I ain't gonna go Jalen Brunson. <laughs> I, I would go I would go Jalen Brown. I, I would go Jalen Brown or Luca. Nah, you on. know what? After the All-Star game, I'm out on Luca for a while. I need to see his feet leave the ground. Well, listen, he plays underneath the basket. Yeah, he played underneath the floor <laughs> in Indy. Oh man, I could go Shea Gillis, but I could go so many. Of these. I mean, I kill that. Well, team. He, I mean, here's the. Over, I know he's supposed to put himself on. I he, guess he, he we're got, overlooking yeah. the obvious. There's no place on the team for Dame. He's got the six. Right, he's got the two six feet dudes that can't play defense. I'm good on that. Unless we're putting together a starting five to you know take part in exhibitions during All Star Weekend, that there's no actual consequences because Damian Lillard specializes in that. Uh, speaking of the Milwaukee Bucks and Damian Lillard, his head coach, Doc Rivers, the head coach of the Eastern Conference All-Star team, uh, left the ESPN broadcast booth in the middle of the season to take over the Bucks. Since he has taken over, they've gone 3-7, and seven, and they're in third place in the Eastern Conference. Now, just kind of in a odd twist, replacing Doc in the ESPN broadcast booth will be J.J. Redick. Well, here's J.J. Redick, who played for Doc, on first take, talking about Doc. Conference. Side note, real quick. No one's going to react to Doc's audio there. We've been yeah, seven minutes heard, oh. since we showed that audio. Nobody's going to react to Doc's audio. Do you want me to get it oh, Doc, for you? He's doing. He's doing. Repeat it. I, we I don't have to it. repeat it. I can repeat I, I've it. I've seen the trend now. I've seen the trend for years. What's the trend? The trend is always making excuses. Get Doc. We get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard. It's hard. We get it. Just like getting traded in the middle season is hard for a player. We get it. Mm-hmm. But it's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. They lose to Memphis. Oh, it's his players. Memphis was playing G League guys and two-way guys. And then you look at his quotes over the weekend. Now he wants to take credit for the James Harden trade to the Clippers working out. He wants credit for that. There's just no <laughs> there's never accountability with that guy. Oh. <laughs> he played for Doc. Tell me, tell me, y'all ain't friends. Sure, he's not getting any Christmas cards. <laughs> Jeez, I can't wait. I can't wait till he has to call one of Doc's games and Doc's going to know. He's going to call one of Doc's games. I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I can't wait. Those pregame meetings between the broadcast yeah. team and the, 
and the head coaches. That'll be fun. Yeah, I want to see that. Oh, man. Like, Doc might uh, might sweat out. The steam might be coming out of his head so much he sweat out that Sharpie lineup he got. It's <laughs> You know, it's funny. This is th- this could really blow up in Doc's face. He's had a terrific career. Um, he was in the perfect spot to just ride off into the sunset in the TV booth. I think he's really good on TV. Uh, he was calling all the biggest games. He was playing. I'm still mad they got rid of Van Gundy and, and Mark Jackson. I thought that was the standard, in my opinion. It absolutely I really, was. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I didn't understand like how they just got got graduated out. Yeah, well, they did, and they tried to replace them with Doc and Doris Burke, and now Doc's out. I love now, Doris, by the way. Now J.J. Redick is in that seat. Uh, but Doc is going to be playing, or excuse me, coaching in a lot of those big games that Redick and Mike Breen and Doris Burke are going to be calling during the postseason. Uh, so that will be interesting. Um... Let's do one more. Let's hear from the newest Yankee, shall we? Let's hear from Juan Soto as the full team for the Yankees in uh, spring training today down in Tampa. Juan Soto with the media for the first time in pinstripes. Do the Yankees have enough to win the World Series? <laughs> you tell me. If you see the lineup, you see the our bullpen, the starters, everything. Like we we need, we have everything that we need. And besides the the talent, the organization we are, it's just amazing. It's incredible, and we're more than excited to start this season. All right. So what do they got? They got two of the best five hitters in baseball. They got the best pitcher in baseball. What else they got? Is that enough to get over the Astros? I mean, the Yankees have a lot of trouble with the Astros. <laughs> Astros have gotten a little bit worse every single year. But yet they still beat the Yankees. Well, the Yankees didn't even get that far to to, to, to face them in the playoffs last year. Oh, that's the standard, man. Like, the, the Astros have been the consistent standard. Uh, they have to slay that dragon. I almost root for a collision course. Because you, you, to beat a man, you got to beat the man. I think that's that's something they got to get over. That's a hurdle they got to get over. I think if they can beat the Astros in, 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 in the postseason – the sky's the limit. The biggest question mark for the Yankees is the pitching. I do think the lineup is going to be the strength of the team, and that's yeah. been the weakness of the team in recent years. The pitching has kind of overperformed yeah. in recent years to make up for the lack of offense, but adding Soto is just a huge add, especially... Protection but, for Judge, because but that, that's what Staten is supposed to be. And balancing out the lineup, too. It's more left-handed now. Alex Verdugo is an important addition to this. I think Trent Grisham, who they also got in the Soto trade, uh, is going to play a role here. The Yankees lineup is much more balanced and much more deep than it has been in recent years. The question marks are in the starting staff with um, Carlos Rodon and Nestor Cortez and Marcus Stroman filling out those two, three, and four spots in the Yankees rotation. But you know if you have a staff that has some question marks surrounding it, you know what can make life a lot easier on that pitching staff? A good offensive team. And I think that's going to be the key to the Yankees' season, getting off to a good start. Their offense, for the first time in a few years, is going to have to carry the load. And it's not going to be just Aaron Judge. And they have the perfect guy alongside him to help in that respect. So that bears watching. All right, that's audio files. Um, What we didn't get to is a little more NFL talk. Mike Tannenbaum, a guest on Get Up earlier today, uh, some off-season proposals for how the New York Giants should conduct business to try to get themselves back to the playoffs. We'll talk about that as we continue. It's Barton Hahn on 98.7 ESPN New York. Thanks for listening to the Barton Hahn Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. All right, Barton Hahn on 98.7 ESPN New York. 
Reminder, Anita Marks will be live from the park at UBS Arena on Saturday, February 24th, starting at noon before the Islanders' matinee matchup against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And we are giving away four pairs of lower bowl tickets plus one pair of premium club seats at ESPNNewYork.com or on the ESPN New York app. Just scroll down to contests and submit your entry. Join the New York Islanders for every thrilling matchup in March. Take advantage of special ticket pricing for upcoming home games at UBS Arena and be there for all the exciting action on the ice. Get your tickets today at NewYorkIslanders.com slash March. Pat O'Keefe in for Allen this week. Bart Scott alongside. All right, so we spoke yesterday about Mike Tannenbaum, your ESPN colleague, who I believe you were sitting next to at the time on Get Up and his offseason proposals for the New York Jets at the backup quarterback position. Um, his idea to bring in Russell Wilson, that generated some response, which I think was part of the idea. Uh, Today, Mike Tannenbaum back on Get Up, and this time talking about the New York football giants. Now, here is his proposed trade, Bart. He wants the Giants to trade all the way up to the number one pick in the draft this year. How are they going to get there? Well, I'm glad you asked that. What are the Giants picking? The Giants are picking sixth. Okay. He wants the Giants to move up to number one and draft USC's Caleb Williams. And here is what he would give up for that. Obviously, you'd have to swap picks this year, so the Giants would give their sixth pick to the Bears. They would also give the Bears a second-round pick this year. In addition to that, the Giants will give the Bears their first-round and second-round picks next year. So how's that sound to you? Is that a lot? That's that's a, a whole lot. Because we're not done yet. There's one more addition. Is this to, a Trey Lance trade? There's one more addition to the hall. Uh, it's a guy by the name of Kayvon Thibodeau would also go to Chicago in that trade. Kayvon Thibodeau's what number pick? He was the fifth pick. He's the fifth pick. So you basically giving up a proven fifth pick, right? Because we had questions about can Thibodeau, Thibodeau take the next step? He's a double-digit sack getter. Did he answer those questions? Yes. I believe I, he did. And, you know, I mean, thank, thanks to the Jets giving him three. <laughs> but, but hey, you know, whatever. You only, you only play who you play. Like, you talk about double-digit sack leader. You're going to give him two first-round draft picks. Okay, let's not count the one this year because you're swapping. Right. But then one next year and a two, yeah, that's enough to get you fired. Not to mention that Kayvon Thibodeau, I think you can make a strong case, is the best player on the entire team. So who who's going to be your pass rushers next year? Like, you still have issues. You still have to go out and get somebody opposite of Dory Jackson. I mean, you got Ford Adoree Jackson. You hope Banks can step up. You got you got issues as far as you know your secondary, your offensive line. How do you address those? And then why oh why in the hell would Chicago want to pay Daniel Jones forty million dollars? Well, Jones wasn't part of the deal. I thought Daniel Jones was part of the deal. Not in this. Oh, okay, he's not. No, not in what I'm reading. No, no Daniel Jones. So we're. I guess if Chicago did that trade, they'd keep Justin Fields. I I don't know where it makes sense for I don't see where it makes sense for them. Yeah, I guess they are keeping uh, Justin Fields in, in that is scenario. This, uh, Ray, is this the cut of Tannenbaum that we have here up top? What quarterback dr- trade? We, okay, let, let's hear what Tannenbaum said. I didn't realize that was the uh, the sound connected to this. New York Giants. It hasn't worked out with Daniel Jones. He has one year to go. Oh, so let's go all the way up to number one in this scenario. The Bears keep Justin Fields and look at the okay. haul they get. They're still picking in the top six, and then they come out with a two, a one, and a two next year, and a really good young pass rusher in Kayvon Thibodeau really to pair with Montez rusher. Sweat. And now, if you're the New York Giants, you get Caleb Williams. And what else? And what else? Yeah, you what else? With? Who you? Who, 
Who are you throwing to? Who are you throwing to? Well, nobody who you're going to pick in the. Well, actually, the Giants do have an extra second round pick this year with the. Uh, yeah, Leonard but Williams how does trade. that work out? I want to listen. I want a proven guy. I want. I want the kid from Washington. I want you know. Neighbors. Better question would be who's protecting uh, Caleb Williams. Maybe they, maybe they saying they got money just you know, cheese on the taco for. Let me check out their salary cap space projected for next year. Yo, know, what 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 are we doing with Saquon Barkley? Oh, I'm glad you asked that because uh, Mike Tannenbaum had some thoughts on that as well. This one's easy. It's the Dallas Cowboys. Tony Pollard was mildly disappointing replacing Zeke Elliott. His production went down by about 25%, as Hembo reminded me. So when you're looking at free agency, the first thing you do is say, if we're going to go outside our building, who can we get in the division to help us and hurt our opponent? And trust me. The last thing the New York Giants want to see if Saquon Barkley graduates this year is him with a star on the side of his helmet. Could you imagine the first time Dallas rolls into town with Saquon as a cowboy? And he would be perfect because he can catch, he can run. I think his pass protection has actually gotten better. And based on the way Tony Pollard play, I actually think he would improve that position for the 2024 Cowboys. So today is the first day that you could assign the franchise tag to players. So Barkley got that last year. He's eligible to be slapped with the franchise tag again this year. I, I don't think that that makes sense for the Giants. Right, because then they're just basically giving him $22 million in one year, and then you have to sign him again next year. Right, and then next year you don't have the option of the franchise tag. Well, if they haven't used it yet, because technically they didn't use it last year. They oh, that is tag, true. That is true. Twice, which, right. is, which is why I didn't understand what the hell Saquon team was doing. Because they didn't get any he of the incentives. This, because all the incentives were tied to the Giants making the playoffs. And all he did was get $2 million up front. Yeah. That he was going to get eventually anyway. I think Saquon really wants to stay in New York. That was part of it. I think Saquon's lost his damn mind. The place where Saquon should go, you got to go where a place is hot. And when they got money, let me pull up this team and see how much cheese they got to put on the taco. All right. Because they're only going to continue to get better. Okay. This team estimatedly has $62 million in salary cap space. Ooh. Yeah, that's pretty good, right? That's not bad. This team won a playoff game. Okay. This team has a dynamic quarterback. Yeah. Who would have been an MVP running. Yeah. He's also cheap. Yeah, because he's going into his second year, if that's the team he, I think of. He's going into his second year. He has Nico Collins, yeah. who's already a established receiver, but let's not even talk about him. The the guy that got bank, uh, hurt, Tank Dell, mm-hmm. got two explosive guys on the outside. They have $62 million. They can overpay you, Saquon. And guess what? It's a weak division. Not only is it a weak division, it's no state taxes. In the state of Texas. In the state of Texas. So Mike Tannenbaum was correct in saying that he would send him to Texas he just got to go three hours south. Right church, wrong pew. Exactly. He got to go to Houston. Houston can load the hell up. Houston already has arguably the best left tackle in football. So now you already got a guy that's dynamic at quarterback. I mean, they can continuously continue to add to this team. They can. They, last year they went out with guys like Sheldon Rankins. They went with retreads. Remember Blake Cashman? Anybody ever heard that name? He's in alignment to get paid. The Jets couldn't find he couldn't get on the on the field with the Jets. But he's on his way to getting paid. And they got $62 million to do it. 
and they got draft picks to spend. This is a team that is trending in the right direction. They can go out and get whatever they need, and they can pay Saquon extra because they don't have to pay their quarterback for three more years. They can wait four, but definitely they don't have to pay their quarterback for three more years. Could you imagine Nico Collins, Tank Dell, Saquon mm. Barkley in the backfield? Not since Adrian Foster and Andre Johnson and and and, and Schwab, Schwab, have they had like that type of firepower? And that's disrespectful, even comparing Schwab, Matt Schwab to uh to to um CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud. I mean, come on, man. Saquon, open your eyes. They just not that into you, buddy. Like if they wanted to pay you, they could have paid you. And now go out and go somewhere where you can be playing meaningful football next year in your prime years and you can get the bag. I guarantee you they'll give you $15 million a year. If you make the call, D'Amico Ryan appreciates running backs. And you still don't have to be the every down back. You still got a running back there in Pierce who's young. Yep. Who And they still have Devin Singletary, but they'll probably let him go. You still got Damian Pierce who's going into his third year that can take some of those in-between-the-tackle tough runs because he's a tough runner. Come on, Saquon, see the light, man. Understand when she just don't – she ain't feeling you like that, dog. It's like uh, – what's that, Casino? When uh, when uh, Sharon Stone kept running back to her pimp and Robert De Niro was giving her everything she wanted. She just loved that pimp. Giving him, give him all Robert De Niro's gangster mob money. Saquon, quit – just understand, man. Now, the pimp in this case is the Giants. Yes, the, the pimp is the so, Giants, I'm just making man. sure I'm clear. You know what I'm saying? I go, do now. Go, go and stay and make a family, man, <laughs> with Robert De Niro, man. He's treating you right. <laughs> make an honest man out of you, son. It's another example of how many possibilities can be opened when you hit in the draft on a player at the quarterback position. It just changes the entire be, dynamic of the go franchise. Go be Strouds McCaffrey. Because think about the you know the Carolina Panthers are obviously not in that situation. They picked ahead of Houston last year. We just saw what happened with the San Francisco 49ers. They're the ultimate example, even though they didn't actually win the championship. But they got to the Super Bowl with the last pick in the NFL draft. So, yeah, C.J. Stroud turning into what he did, at least in his first year, just changed the entire dynamic for that franchise. All right, take another break here. Uh, we'll continue this conversation on the NFL offseason. More thoughts from you, Bart, and more thoughts from Mike Tannenbaum. He's not done yet. 1-800-919-3776. Your thoughts also on Bart and Han on 98.7 ESPN New York. Thanks for listening to the Bart and Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.